your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 397 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And that song you were hearing is, of course, Leave the Lights On From, our good friends and Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today... Got a couple of different things to get through. I want to, once again, break out the draft spotlight. We're going to focus in on somebody who has occasionally been connected to the Rangers and somebody who I think has a fair to good chance of still being there at number 15 when the Rangers select in the first round. We also have some quick thoughts on the Minnesota Wild buying out both Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. They're sort of the first two dominoes to fall as it pertains to players potentially being bought out this offseason. And we'll talk about if either player could potentially be some kind of a fit for the New York Rangers. We also have some thoughts on some general NHL news, including the league going back to an 82-game season next year and also going back to the typical division alignments. But like I said, let's go ahead and start with a draft spotlight, and we're going to point it today at Mr. Brennan Othman, a left winger from the Flint Thunderbirds of the OHL. Uh, This is a name, like I said, I heard him a couple of times early in some mock drafts being connected to the Rangers. Haven't heard it quite as much recently, but I still figured he was somebody worth talking about. And among 13 draft publications, I've got a list of 13 different publications as far as where they have Othman ranked. And he is ranked as high as number 17 by Neutral Zone and as low as number 31 by Sportsnet. But Sportsnet is actually one of only two of these 13 publications that has him ranked worse than number 25 going into this draft. So it's very consistent. You know, everyone seems to have him going either in the high teens or the early to mid-20s. And when you're talking about draft rankings, that stuff can really fluctuate. That's not really that big of a range. And people seem to be in agreement for the most part about where he ranks. Now, of course, the Rangers picked number 15, and seeing as how none of these publications have him ranked at 15 or better, it does seem likely that Othman will be available when the Rangers choose. It could be a situation where perhaps the Rangers, if they really like Othman, they could even look to trade back in the draft and uh, get him a little bit later than number 15 and and maybe acquire something else in exchange for that number one overall pick. Not overall pick, but the the 15 overall pick, their first-round pick. And you know, we'll go ahead. We'll start talking about Offman here. For starters, he spent the 2019-2020 season with the Flint Thunderbirds of the OHL. He was also loaned to EHC Olten of the Swiss League this past season. And we'll start with 2019-2020, his season in the OHL with the Thunderbirds. Skated in 55 games, scored 17 goals, dished out 16 assists. So 33 points in 55 games to go along with a plus three overall, and he also made the second all-rookie team in the OHL. And before I go any further, we'll, we'll jump into his stats with EHC Olten as well, but I should also just kind of point out that as far as who he is as a player, he's somebody that figures to be one of the best pure goal scorers in this draft. I mean, that's kind of the general consensus that I've been able to gather as far as it relates to Offman. Uh, one thing that is kind of working against him as far as the Rangers are concerned, as far as I'm concerned, is the simple fact that he plays left wing. And with hockey, you don't really draft for positional need as much as you do in some other sports because like we've talked about on here, 
when you draft somebody, even if they're a first rounder, it might be at least a year, two years, maybe even three years until we see that player uh, competing in the NHL. And by the time that happens, you know, the dynamic of the team can shift a little bit. But we've talked about how the Rangers are thin at center and they don't really have any big time center locked up long term. So that's kind of the position that I focus in on. And if you look at left wing, Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, and Alexi Lafreniere, all three of those guys are going to be here for a very, very long time. So left wing is probably the position where the Rangers are the most loaded and they don't really need any help. But be that as it may, I, I still do like Othman. I still think he's worth talking about. And as we've talked about in the past as well, there's always some ways around that. You know, we saw Chris Kreider move over to the right wing a couple of times last season. We saw Lafreniere do the same thing. I, I wouldn't really want to mess with Lafreniere, but there's always a way to make it work. There's always a way to kind of make the pieces fit together when it comes to the NHL. But getting back to his stats here, we will talk about what he did with EHC Olten this past season. Skated in 34 games on loan with that team. Uh, scored seven goals, notched nine assists, so he had 16 points to go along with a minus two overall. He also participated on Canada's under-18 World Juniors team. He had three goals and three assists in seven games to go along with a plus six in that tournament, and he helped Canada ultimately win the tournament. I know that's a big surprise, Canada winning uh, an international hockey competition, but that is indeed what happened. Othman also scored a goal and put seven shots on net in a five to three win against Russia in the championship game of that tournament. And, you know, I don't want to go through his entire hockey career and, and just read stat after stat after stat for you guys. I mean, you guys are plenty capable of looking that stuff up on your own. And I hesitate to even bring this up because he did this in a league where the competition obviously isn't as good as the OHL or the AHL or the NHL or any other HLs. But he had a season in 2018-2019 in the under-16 AAA league while playing with the Don Mills Flyers under-16 AAA team. This just needs to be heard to be believed because it's, it's I would say video game numbers, you can't even do this in a video game. In 72 games that season, and again, this is 16 and under, uh, Othman scored 66 goals and had 80 assists. So he had 146 points in 72 games, basically two points per night. That's just absolutely out of control. And uh, obviously that's unsustainable once you start moving up the ranks and get into tougher and tougher leagues. But I felt like I just had to at least point that out because that is just off the wall, completely insane, whether you're five years old playing peewee hockey or whether you're in the NHL or whatever it might be. Just just uh, an absolutely wild season there uh, for Othman. But there's a lot to like here. You know, by all accounts, it seems like he's a pretty gritty player, very strong four checker, very physical. And apparently he just has an absolutely lightning quick release on his shot. Just a lethal sniper, somebody who can make it happen with a snapshot as well as a one-timer. He's got very good puck skills, gets to some dangerous scoring areas. And, I mean, he can really shoot. Apparently, he tends to be a little bit pass first and maybe even to a fault. So, hey, if, if he might fit right in on the Rangers. The Rangers, that was really a problem for the Rangers early in this season and maybe even a little bit in the season before that. There were times where, you know, I mean, I don't want to be one of those people that just screams shoot every time somebody has the puck. But there were a lot of instances, at least early this past season, where the Rangers had some really good scoring opportunities and they would pass instead of shoot. It would, it would just kind of drive you crazy. And it sounds like Othman, kind of a selfless player and somebody who looks to set up his teammates, but might do that to a fault because by all accounts, he has a lethal shot. And on top of that, a deceptive shot. You never really know if you're a goalie when Othman is going to pull the trigger, and it's one of those things where if you blink, it might go right by in into the net. As far as uh, some negatives, some cons, he has decent speed. He's a decent skater, and again, I'm getting all this information from scouts. I'm not coming up with this myself. This is the general consensus that I'm seeing from professional scouts. So he's got okay speed. He's an okay skater, but does not really stand out that much in either category in this draft class, and 
by all accounts, it sounds like he could stand to get a little bit stronger as well. He currently stands at six feet tall, 174 pounds. And for what it's worth, he has a lefty shot. And as far, this is something else that I really like. He's done a lot of winning. He won a GTHL championship in 2017-2018. Then in 2018-2019, he won a silver medal at the Canada Winter Games and also added another GTHL championship. We already mentioned the championship with Canada's under-18 world team. And he was also, like we said, named to the OHL's first all-rookie team in 2019-2020. So for somebody who's only 18 years old, he's really starting to kind of pile up the accolades. And he seems like he just kind of has that gene. He's got that clutch gene, and it seems like he's a big-time player. And he's somebody that has done a lot of winning. I realize it'll get tougher in the AHL and in the NHL. But for the most part, I mean, this kid just sounds like a winner. And you got to like that. Uh, Somebody who's going to go out there and compete. And somebody who expects to win and That's what it's all about. So somebody would seem to have a a good mental makeup as well. As far as some scouting reports for you guys, uh, I'll read a couple for you here because, once again, these are the pros who do this for a living. This first one comes to us from eprinkside.com. A high-paced attacker with a precise quick-release wrister and diverse rush patterns that fool even formidable defenders. This one also comes to us from EP Ringside. An advanced puck protector cutting off defenders' recovery routes before working play to the inside. And then we got one here from Elite Prospects in their 2021 NHL Draft Guide. Othman loves nothing more than to collect the puck on the breakout, lead the charge into the offensive zone, and turn the corner on opposing defenders. He always attacks at full speed, playing a high-paced style and pressuring with that same level of intensity. He pressures on the forecheck, plays the body, and takes good routes to cut off the opposition's attempts at a breakout. And then we'll do one more here. This one comes to us from Josh Bell from the Hockey Rayers. This one's a little bit longer, but I think it's important to kind of give you guys as good of a feel for who Othman is as a player as possible. And this is what Mr. Bell had to say about Mr. Othman. Othman's shot is deadly. It's an absolute laser beam. Whether it's his snapshot or a one-timer, he's ridiculously accurate when he fires the puck. However, he only took 87 shots this season, choosing to pass the puck off rather than firing it himself. Watch his goal totals rise next season as he plays with a little more confidence. He does a great job reading the ice and knowing how to create space for himself. He then uses his creativeness and agile feet to make sure he gets himself and the puck to that spot. As for his skating, he uses his edges very well, but doesn't accelerate as quickly as some of the others on this list. With more confidence and a faster first step, Othman could be one of the best forwards in this class. So yeah, he's somebody, if the Rangers are on the board at number 15 and Offman is still there, which it seems like it's more than likely that he will be, it's somebody that I would definitely consider. And if you're the Rangers and you want to get tricky a little bit, you could possibly even trade away that number 15 pick, back up in the draft a little bit, and potentially still get Offman. It's always risky business when you do that because somebody in front of you could take him or somebody else could trade in front of you to go ahead and get him. Uh, but, you know, if the Rangers, if, if Offman's their guy, then that is something that is at least an option that they could uh, choose to pursue. But like I said, you know, we're going to go ahead and continue to talk about uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. They were both bought out by the Wild. We'll see if there's a fit for the Rangers. We will do that in just a second here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, 
Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so as promised, wanted to talk a little bit about the buyouts of Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. They were both bought out by the Minnesota Wild. They both had four years remaining on their contract, and they are both 36 years old. Basically, the two of them signed dueling contracts with the Minnesota Wild in 2012. They each joined the Wild on 13-year, $98 million deals, and now, of course, they are leaving together as well. Uh, We don't have to get into too much detail here because, frankly, this is Minnesota's problem and not ours. Uh, But the long and short of it is that the Wild will save cap space for this next season, but they're going to lose cap space and basically get hammered over the next three seasons. They got a lot of dead money there, and uh, like I said, I'm glad it's their problem and not ours. But, you know, now that Suter and Parise are both uh, free agents and free to sign with any team that they want, I thought it would at least make some sense to talk about them. Is there any kind of fit with the Rangers? And we'll go one by one here. I mean, my short answer is that I'm not really that into the idea of adding either one of these players. Uh, With Parise, you know, the writing was definitely on the wall. He was a healthy scratch at times this season. He was a healthy scratch even in the playoffs. And he's going to be 37 before the end of July. He's a left winger which is the position where the Rangers are all set. We already kind of mentioned that earlier when we were talking about Brennan Othman. But Parise is coming off a season in which he had just 18 points in 45 games. And really, he's been pretty steadily declining for some time now. And to be completely honest with you guys, I'm not even convinced that Parise wasn't at least a little bit overrated even when he was in his prime. And his prime was about a decade ago. So I see no real reason for the Rangers to have any interest in Zach Parise. I'm just really not that interested. I'm sorry to be that blunt about it. Maybe there's people that like Parise, but I'm just not really feeling it. As for Suter, uh, this move kind of surprised me a little bit. Parise being bought out was not a surprise at all. Suter was. Suter still had a fairly significant role on this team. He averaged 22 minutes and 11 seconds of ice time. Last year, he was a plus nine. He scored three goals and notched 16 assists in 56 games. And I would think there's going to be some interest uh, for teams looking to add a veteran defenseman, you know, kind of looking at him as, you know, maybe a middle pairing or a bottom pairing, just somebody to kind of add to a blue line that features a lot of young guys. And as I say that, I realize that that kind of describes the Rangers. On the other hand, though, Suter's going to turn 37 in January, and I just don't really see a fit here. You know, the Rangers, they have cap space, and quite simply, there are better options available than Ryan Suter on the blue line. And if you're the Rangers, even if you miss out on guys like Dougie Hamilton, guys like Alec Martinez, Adam Larson, Tyson Berry, even if you don't end up bringing in one of these guys and There's varying degrees of interest that I would personally have in these players. I'm sure there's varying degrees of interest that you would have in any of those players that I just mentioned, plus some other free agent defensemen. We all might feel differently about some of these players, but they're all at least guys that are options. They're going to be out there. They are going to be free agents. They are going to be uh, ripe for the taking for all these teams when free agency starts. But even if the Rangers don't end up bringing in any of these guys or any of the other big name uh, free agent defensemen this offseason, I might even bring back Brennan Smith before I would reach for Ryan Suter. I mean, Smith, for starters, is four years younger than Suter. Smith is only 32, and Smith is familiar with the team, and by all accounts, very well respected and very well liked in that locker room. So, I mean, Suter, I would be more interested in him than Parise, but I wouldn't exactly be uh, clamoring for the Rangers to really go after either one of these guys. I just don't really see a fit for either one of them. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. 
With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so I want to go ahead and just kind of jump into some general NHL news here and talk about how it could affect the Rangers this upcoming season. The NHL is apparently planning a full 82-game season for 2021-2022, which is obviously fantastic news. This according to Commissioner Gary Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. Uh, the regular season will begin in October and end in April, and the playoffs will end in June. So basically, pre-pandemic conditions, which is, again, just absolutely fantastic to hear. Vaccinated players will be able to travel without restriction. The NHL and the NHLPA are still discussing procedures for unvaccinated players. But the NHL, this is some big news as well, also planning on going back to the normal division. So the Rangers would go back to the Metropolitan Division. They will be leaving the short-lived Eastern Division. I mean, they're not really leaving it. It's basically ceasing to exist. But assuming that it does go back to normal next year and the Rangers are indeed back in the Metropolitan Division, they will share that division with the Capitals, Flyers, Penguins, Hurricanes, Islanders, Blue Jackets, and Devils. And I feel like that's kind of a push for the Rangers because the Bruins and Sabres are gone and the Canes and Blue Jackets will be back as far as the Rangers' division opponents for next season. So you basically lose one good team and one bad team from your division, and you're replacing them with one good team and one bad team coming back into your division. But the other thing that I can only assume here, I don't really see any definitive news about this, but given that they are going to go back to the typical divisions, then I would imagine that that also means that travel will be pretty much unrestricted, and you'll see the Rangers playing not just teams from within their division, they'll be playing teams from outside the division as well. Because otherwise, I would imagine they would just keep these geographically convenient divisions together if they weren't going to allow travel. So it sounds like there will be travel again. And, you know, over this past season, obviously 56 games, it had to be shorter than other seasons. It was something that was completely out of the control of everybody, uh, given the pandemic that was going on. It's going to go back to normal. I will say for just one season and one season only, I thought it was kind of unique that the Rangers only played the seven other teams in their division. Obviously, you just get to see a lot of your rivals, and uh, there's kind of a story being told as, as the season unfolds, playing your division rivals so many times, playing them eight times apiece. But I am ready, I think, for uh, everything to go back to normal in a lot of different ways, but also with the hockey schedule. I want to see the Rangers play a couple of out-of-division games because if you do nothing but play your division rivals, it's just like anything else. It stops being special at a certain point. So I'm looking forward to the schedule pretty much going back to normal. I would imagine that that's pretty much what's going to happen. 
And the only real change, as far as the divisions are concerned, is that the Coyotes will move out of the Pacific Division and into the Central Division. That will allow the Seattle Kraken to enter the league in the Pacific Division, which geographically would seem to make the most sense. Uh, the NHL is planning to release the schedule prior to the NHL draft, which will be happening on July 23rd and July 24th. So we're not too far away from it. I don't know the exact release date, but obviously it's going to be happening within two weeks here. And I'm sure whenever the schedule drops, we'll kind of do a big schedule release party. We'll talk about some of the uh, intricacies of the Rangers schedule. You know, who do they start with? Who do they end with? And I'm very curious to see if the NHL will kind of stick with some of these two-game sets that we saw so prevalently over this past season. I think they should. I just think it's a lot of fun that way. And obviously, you know, you play one game against the Islanders and then you play another game against the Islanders. The intensity picks up a little bit. And uh, to make any real headway, you got to sweep or at least get three out of the four points. So I would love to see uh, a couple of these two-game sets and maybe even three-game sets and four-game sets stick around over the course of an 82-game regular season. And then I thought this was interesting as well. The NHL is actually working on two versions of the schedule for this upcoming season. One includes a break for the 2022 Beijing Olympics, and the other version of the schedule does not. And this is all pending the resolution to discussions with the NHLPA and International Olympic Committee. Uh, the NHL, as some of you probably remember, did not participate in the 2018 Olympics after its players did participate in five straight Olympics from 1998 to 2014. The NHL, of course, claims that the Olympics disrupt the NHL season, which, yes, they do, but... I'll be honest here, I don't really don't care. I mean, it, it's not really an advantage or a disadvantage for any team in the NHL. I mean, if the season has to be paused for the Olympics, then the season has to be paused for the Olympics. And if there's a team that's hot going into the Olympic break, you know, they've won five in a row and they're feeling good, and that kind of uh, slows down their momentum, then I'm sorry, but those are just the breaks. I'm sure it's a great honor for these players. In fact, yeah, it definitely is a great honor for these players to be representing their country on a stage such as the Olympics, a chance to win a gold medal for your country. That's what a lot of these guys dream about. There's a lot of national pride in the NHL. It's such a fantastic league in that you really do have the best players in the world coming from all over the globe. But to then tell them that they can't play in the Olympics because, you know, we just take ourselves a little bit too seriously over here. And I know, you know, the NHL is to be taken seriously. And obviously, teams want their guys focus on that. They don't want them to go to the Olympics and suffer an injury or anything like that. But guess what? Injuries can happen in the NHL as well. They can happen just as easily in the NHL as they can in the Olympics. And I, for one, would just really like to see these NHL players participating in the Olympics. And just like we get the best players in the world competing in the NHL, we can also get the best players in the world competing on this global stage in the Olympics. To me, it's just fun. It's always a good time rooting for the United States. I know that we have a couple of listeners, mostly from the United States, that listen to this podcast, but there's a good amount from Canada as well and a couple other countries around the world, and I'm sure you guys like it as well. I don't know why you wouldn't want to see the best in the world doing what they do on the grand stage of the Olympics. So I really do hope that the NHL can work something out there and allow its players to participate in the Olympics because I get the feeling that the players uh, would really enjoy that opportunity as well. I mean, it, the proof is in the pudding. Every time that the NHL participates in the Olympics, you don't have Alex Ovechkin saying, oh, I, I don't really feel like doing that. I'm just going to stay home. You don't have Sidney Crosby or Henrik Lundqvist or Artemi Panarin. You don't have any of these guys saying that like, oh, I, I, just, I just really don't feel like doing that. I'm just going to stay home. They don't because they all want to be part of it. And it's something that's very important to a lot of these players. So I'm really hoping that we get to see it again this season. It will have been eight years. I mean, 2022, the last time we saw the NHL participate in the Olympics was 2014. And it's well overdue and something that I'm keeping my fingers crossed that indeed does happen. 
And then the only other thing that I wanted to do here today before we kind of call it a day is just kind of make you guys aware of a couple of key important dates that are right around the corner, just really coming up in the next couple of days on the NHL calendar. On Friday, July 16th, that is the deadline for teams to place players on waivers prior to the expansion draft trade waiver freeze. And it is also the deadline for players to waive their no-move clause for the expansion draft. Jeff Skinner of the Buffalo Sabres has already done exactly that. The Sabres asked him to waive his no-move clause, and he has acquiesced to their request. I don't think anything that I just mentioned will pertain to the Rangers, but I suppose you never know for sure. Then on Saturday, July 17th, this Saturday, that is the start of the expansion draft trade waiver signing freeze, and it is also the deadline for teams to submit their protected list. So the Rangers and everybody else, whoever they're going to protect in this expansion draft, they have to submit their list to the NHL on that day at 5 p.m. to be specific. I'm sure that will be made public knowledge not too long after that. And in fact, the next day, Sunday, July 18th, is indeed the deadline day for the NHL to release the approved protected lists. So I'm sure that's what we'll be talking about. It's going to be very, very interesting to see who the Rangers choose to protect and who they leave exposed for the expansion draft. The only other bit of news that I want to mention here is that we are going to be doing our second Locked On NHL mock draft, and apparently they're going to piece together all the videos, and it's also going to be available on YouTube. And then the only other thing that I want to mention is we are coming up on our 400th episode of Locked On New York Rangers, so I was thinking about maybe doing a mailbag on that episode. If you have any question that you'd like me to read on the air on an episode of Locked On New York Rangers, make sure you get that in before episode 400. And if you'd like to get in touch with me to ask me a question or really for any other reason, you can send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Today on the Locked On Today podcast is Kawhi Leonard's time in L.A. over. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.